Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidotes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of The Antidote. We are here once again. Ooh, I like that sing song. That was nice. Antidote. Antidote. You know what? I'm feeling the spirit of Beyonce coursing through my veins. Uh, Everything feels very sing-songy. Everything feels very Mm -hmm. new, real. She is edging us right now at this point. She is keeping us like excited enough but not giving us the whole thing so the queen has uh dropped a couple of uh a little you know scotches of things uh so she gave us a reel did you see that reel amy i loved that it i loved it and i'm like beyonce's doing reels now i mean she's been doing videos and reels but like this one felt different. I don't know why. Why did it feel different? I don't know. Maybe it's on her TikTok, too, because, you know, Beyonce now has a TikTok. Uh, but, Beyonce, um, are you going to single-handedly bring back fucking vinyl? Because um, I haven't thought about it in a while. <laughs> vinyl is back. And I feel like when, you know, you and I were, you know, in our 20s, um, vinyl had sort of made, like, kind of a comeback or whatever. Like, the hipsters yes. were super into Everybody vinyl. had, from Urban Outfitters, they were selling that little, uh, I can't remember the brand, but there was, like, a little record player that everybody was getting um, from Urban Outfitters that wasn't very good. But yeah. But everybody had one. But, like, that was a moment. That was a moment. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we moved past that moment. We're just like, we don't even yeah, do any kind of physical media. It's all streaming. You know, it's all Spotify. It's all um, Apple. So now Beyonce's giving us album covers. I'm just like, oh, am I going to am I going to buy a record player? <laughs> I think I think I would. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she might legit bring back uh, Beyonce might legit bring back vinyl. And I live I know Pure Slash Honey going to be sexy. And you know Virgo's Groove is what I'm going to listen to. I bet it's going to be really, really methodic. Like a real harsh metronome beat coming in, staying on tempo, not speeding up, not slowing down. I'm here for Virgo's Groove. It's going to be a perfect song. I can't wait. I mean, why is it not July 29th? Like, why is it not? You know what I'm saying? It's so close. It's so close. All right. Well, I guess... The joy has to uh, be put on pause for just a moment um, because, you know, we wouldn't need an antidote if we didn't have uh, something to get an antidote from. We're starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. Um, So, Grace, Mm. did you hear the story that there are thousands of beagles, like the dog, that are looking for homes after being rescued? You mean like Snoopy? 
Charlie Brown's dog? Yeah, yeah, it's Charlie Brown's dog. Yeah, there's a facility based in Virginia called Invigo, which breeds beagles for pharmaceutical research and testing. And at least two reports reveal that the facility, quote, performed unnecessarily painful medical procedures on dogs and puppies. So... 4,000 beagles were rescued and now are in need of a home. Different rescues across the country are working on rehoming the dogs, shipping them in vans across the country, and it costs a lot of money. And they'll have to take five to six trips because there's so many dogs. And they said the estimated cost of taking care of these dogs to get them back to health ranges from $275 to $700 per dog. I'm not much of like a pet owner slash lover, but to me, I feel sorry for these beagles. And if I could, I would adopt a beagle. I don't think I have the capacity to care, take care of a beagle like that because I travel a lot and my home has a white couch. But I do feel for these little dogs that didn't yeah, ask for them. I would not be surprised if they were able to rehome all of those dogs um, because oh, okay. I feel like there are enough people because people sometimes like to have more than one dog and there's a lot of dog lovers out there. So I'm just going to try to be optimistic and hope that um, people uh, will step up to the plate and take care of these little babies. Yeah, I hope it's okay. And I hope that just like your cat found a family that loves it, I hope that someone finds houses these dogs. So if you guys and gals want dogs, um, you know, just search Beagles, Virginia, adoption. I'm sure it'll come up. Um, But that's not all the bummer news we have. Um, Second round of bummer news is that late night talk show host Jesus and Mero announced that they're breaking up. Even though the news was broken by a Bodega Boys fan account, it was announced on the show's official Twitter account that the duo, quote, will be pursuing separate creative endeavors moving forward, end quote, and that Jesus and Mero, the show that was on Showtime, would not be returning. That's right, Jesus Nice and the Kid Mero are breaking up. And the fourth season of the show just aired and they've like interviewed like the president and like Yo-Yo Ma and like all these incredible people. And I'm like, oh no. I have to say, I think it was bummer news for me because I always get sad (laughs) when like famous duos split up. Like I always assume that they're like actually friends IRL. And I'm like, when they end up breaking up, I'm like, no. Like if Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were like this, we're announcing the end of our friendship, I would perish. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't be able to handle it. So seeing the possible fallout makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of situations where friends, uh, family members, um, celebrities that I've known or whatever, there's just stuff going on um, that you just don't know about. And that we never truly know. Anyway, sometimes you don't even truly know your friends. Your friends have shit going on that you have no idea about. So much less like someone that uh, you don't know at all. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I hope they're okay. But um, and I wish both of them the best in their separate creative endeavors. But I'm always kind of like. Yeah, some obviously was going on that we didn't have any idea about. And they got to deal with that. They got to handle that behind the scenes, I guess. But I don't ever feel like um, connected to it at all because I'm just kind of like, yeah, people hide things. People are different in public and private. What are you hiding, Grace? What are you hiding? You don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, it could be anything. <laughs> it would be hidden if I knew. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, she's got secrets. I could have a listeners, double listeners. life, Amy. I could have a full Grace family a in Mexico. Life. Grace has another podcast. <laughs> 
moonlighting. Uh, she's hosting a podcast promise. in Mexico. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. But you bring up a good point. Like you could never assume someone's public persona is the private or real story. I do think that's a like Instagram isn't telling the truth. I think that's something nice to remember because I've I've been surprised by like friends' divorces or like things like that. I'm like, what? But y'all look so happy in the pics, and it's like, yeah, that's not the whole story. Yeah, they're yeah. real people going through shit. Yeah, but human beings are complicated. Like you have no idea like <sighs> we sure why are. they just choose chose to do it. It could be. You know, that they're beefing or it could just be like, you know what, we're done with this. And we each have creative ways that we want to express ourselves separately. This could be just like we get to see cool new things from both of these guys. So I'm looking forward to see what they bring. And if and if they did have some sort of falling out, I hope um, for their previous friendship that they they fix it. I like that take. If they're strong together, maybe they're even stronger apart. And we'll see even more art and more comedy. Yeah. Um, And hopefully they squash that beef. Hopefully they squash that beef. Yeah. How do you feel after talking about the Bummer News today, Grace? Oh, sad. I don't like that dogs um, are are being used for pharmaceutical research or that Diza Samara literally wild might be sad. I, like, I, I don't like it. I, I yeah, so I, I don't feel the best. How about you, Amy? I've seen better days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's get into this antidote then. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. What was your antidote this week, Grace? Well, um I was, like, last night, I was like, oh, man, like, I'd had, like, a longish day, and so I was just like, you know what, I want to really, really laugh right now. (laughs) And as we know, I've I've expressed before that I really, really, really love, 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 love stand-up. And so Mm -hmm. I watched two stand-up specials back-to-back, um... You know, I had my little cannabis soda, and so it was even funnier to me, yes. to be honest. So now um, it's funnier. <laughs> yeah, it was even funnier to me. Um, and uh, so the t- two specials I watched, one by Taylor Tomlinson, and it's called Look at You, which was uh, taped this oh, year. Oh, I actually don't know that comic. Let me look them up. Oh, right she's now. so funny. She's, like, young. She's in her 20s. Um, but she's been doing stand-up mm-hmm. for a long time, and she's so good at it. Um, so she talked a lot about, like, um, mental illness, like, her mom passing away. Like, like heavy topics, but she still yeah. ma- managed to make them so funny. Um so uh, sweet and relatable. And um, then I was going to stop, but then Netflix was just like, hey, bitch, you watch this one. Don't you want to watch another uh, stand-up comedy special? And I was on the couch and I was like, I might. And so they (laughs) directed me to a special I'd already seen, um, which is Leslie Jones's Time Machine. Uh, special, which I watched. Mm. It came out in 2020. So I was watching a lot of stand-up in 2020 because I'm just like, please, please make <laughs> yeah, me feel we good. Like Halle Berry, yeah, that movie. Someone please make me feel make good. Um, please, because, you know, we were in the midst of a nightmare. So um, we were just kind of um, going through it. So I watched it back then. 
And I was dying laughing again. Like sometimes her delivery oh is like very like yelly, but I don't uh -huh. know. It kind of works for her. And so basically the whole like special was about different ages that she had been through. So I mm -hmm. think she starts out like near the beginning, like her being in a club and um, somebody saying the prince is coming. And so she got really excited. She wanted to fuck. She wanted to have sex with Prince. And so she's okay. just like, how do I out hoe these other hoes? And so <laughs> she talks about, oh, okay, I know what I'm about to do. So she gets herself like a, a shot a ponytail. Oh, my God. <laughs> she gets herself a shot a ponytail. And then she sees Prince. Prince comes in and supposedly he had his booty cut out. You know how Prince used to have the booty cut outs and stuff like that? Yes. And, uh, uh, androgynous king. Yes. And he so, was like, look at me. He's looking good. And so she was just like, okay, how do, how can I out-hold these hoes? And so she uh, started dancing and whipping that ponytail around. Girl, the ponytail came off. And Prince saw it. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew that's where this was going. And then... I'm like, you can't slap on a ponytail and then go to the club. Like, <laughs> you're going to be dancing all hard. And then she was like, yeah, but then I went over to the bouncer and VIP and I was like, but can I get my ponytail though? <laughs> <laughs> it's just really amazing to see uh, this woman just... And at one point, it was so adorable. She was laughing at herself and she was just like, this is so fun. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. You know, it's funny because of SNL, I kind of forget that. I forgot that Leslie Jones did stand up first, mm -hmm. like that she that's how she got to SNL. In my mind, she does sketch, you know, and 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 is an actor. And I love seeing that when people return to their roots, like when they're like, I remember the thing that gave me the joy for this. So I love that there's a moment in there where she's like, this is so fun. That to me is like the joy of seeing someone do the thing that made them love what they do. Yeah. That's cool. And like, so there was that moment. And then in Taylor Tomlinson's, she says that <laughs> she makes a lot of jokes about her uh, dead mom. And she said at one point, she's like, do you think I would have been this successful, this young, if I had a live mom? <laughs> and, like, and so, <laughs> like, so dark. it's so dark. It's really but I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm watching two women who are, like, processing their trauma in such a joyful way that they're just, mm. they this is what they both were born to do. This is both what they were meant to do. And they're just having a lot of fun with it. And it was just like, oh, what a lovely way to end your evening. Like, just watching two brilliant female stand-ups just fucking kill. So uh, that was definitely um, my antidote. Uh, this week just joy watching two people stand in their purpose and um, do the thing they were meant to do so what was your antidote this week Amy um so my antidote this week was making matcha in the afternoon oh wow and I'll tell you why matcha tea like green tea but matcha with the powder oh, I know I'll tell you that's why that's my shit because I went to the dentist for the first time in maybe like a year and a half, <laughs> like uh, last week, mm -hmm. and they scraped the little stains off my teeth, mm -hmm. and my teeth are extremely white now. <laughs> so I was like, should I get whitening? And they were like, you don't need whitening. We just need to clean your teeth. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they cleaned my teeth, and I was like, holy shit, these pearly whites. My teeth look great. And the dentist was like, 
well, um, do you drink coffee? Do you drink tea? And I was like, both. I drink coffee in the mornings and then tea in the afternoons, like, you know, um, because it has a little less caffeine than coffee. And they said, my dentist said that actually tea stains your teeth more than coffee. And oh, I didn't really? know that. I mm. thought coffee did. And they're like, no, tea's worse. Tea, the stains get up in there and they stick around. But at any rate, this last week was like, I always buy matcha and I'm not really good about consistently making it because mm-hmm. you have to get a blender and all the things. But there's this black owned drink company called Gold, or maybe it's Goldie, it's G-O-L-D-E. And they sell now a their own branded like hand mixer, which just has a button on it and zzz, and it like charges through uh, USB. <laughs> And I was like, I can mix matcha now. So just for the first week, I wanted to keep my teeth clean, my teeth white a little longer. And I was like, let me get into mixing matcha tea, which isn't going to stain as bad as black tea and kind of has near the same amount of caffeine. So I'm still, I'm not going to get that lull in the afternoon like I usually get, which means I should take a nap, but I don't have time for naps. So I have this little hand mixer now and I just So I've been drinking, I've done matcha tea from Buddha teas, from Goldie, and then from this place called Chroma Wellness that does like a collagen matcha tea, which is not vegan, Mm -hmm. but collagen is good for your skin. Mm -hmm. And it has like ginger in it and it's spicy. So I've been making these matchas and it's like a little moment. Matcha is a gentler high Mm -hmm. (laughs) than black tea. You just feel like calm and focused and awake. Um, So yeah, it's just been a little calming moment in the afternoon. It's been nice. I love that. I mean, I love matcha. I also have it in my house, but I'm going to get that blender for sure. Like, uh, thank you for letting us know about that. Yeah. And support a black owned business. Yeah. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Grace? Our stunning guest is a comedian, writer, actress, and author. She also hosts Netflix The Circle and The Principles of Pleasure. And do yourself a favor and check out her hilarious special, Welcome to Butopia. She a podcasting queen, too, with her show Adulting, which she co-hosts with Jordan Carlos. And she owns a mid-century modern furniture store with her husband. So she a business boss, too. Okay. And the mom of the cutest twins in all the land. She is the co-creator and star of the upcoming Netflix show, Survival of the Thickest, based on her book of the same name. I am blessed to currently work on that show, so uh, I kind of need to not fuck this up today. <laughs> Please welcome the incomparable Michelle Buto. Oh my goodness, Yay. what an intro. I... I'm tired just from that intro. I'm like, <laughs> are you guys my accountants? Do I need to pay taxes on any of those things you just mentioned? Well, you do it all. I mean, I, I mean, I had to cut some stuff out. I mean, exactly. you a busy girl. I'm a busy bitch. I'm a busy bitch. Yes. And That's I'm excited right. for it. You are very impressive, Michelle. But guess what? We're not here to talk about your many, 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 many accomplishments. Okay. We're here to get okay. deep. Okay, so uh, let's check in first. Um, How are you feeling today? Like, for real, not small talk. Is there anything Uh, weighing on you? um, My face hurts from fake smiling. And Mm. I'm not even doing it for other people. I'm doing it for me because if I don't smile or at least, like, know what it feels like to stay happy or be happy, I'm Mm. just going to cry. Like, was it Oprah that said, listen to people, they'll, they'll, like, tell you who they are? I feel like America Mm -hmm. has been telling me who she is. (laughs) 
And I need to fucking listen okay. and be like, okay, got you. Like, I can't keep thinking, holding on to this one memory we had when I was 15. Like, it's not good. And it's now not. with littles, I feel like mama bear, I need to protect my cubs. And so, yeah, how am I doing? I'm it's equal parts grateful mm. and resentful. <laughs> I feel that so hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no true words. Yeah. 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 But uh, this show is called The Antidote uh, because life is hard and we all need different antidotes to deal with all the bullshit. So, uh, Michelle, I will ask you, what Uh, is your antidote? In other words, what is something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week or this month? I can't say rosé. You can. can. You definitely can. I'm supposed to be like... You know, doing my nails or like finding a new recipe or some shit, but really um, sitting, Mm. sitting and having a glass of wine and just not um, not thinking about anything. I'm a big list person. I'm always making lists. I'm even making a list for on, on like how to relax and how to do a date night and how to, well, to do a date night, then you have to do 17 more things. I'm just like, am I giving myself more stuff on purpose? Because it's just like where I'm at now. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm really trying to figure out how to just be. And so that's my thing. Rosé. Well, let's talk about that. You're drinking it while sitting. Where are you sitting, Mom? Like, where are you sitting? By a window? On the dock of a bay? Right now? A balcony? Uh-huh. Like, where are no. you sitting when you're drinking no this rosé? No one thinks rose. I live in New York because I have windows. Let's be clear about that. Oh, I don't want to take it. <laughs> so that's the backyard. Oh, look at look. She's got the Whoa. bay in her backyard. She got a bay back there. Whoa. Is that a forest and water? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a private beach and some trees. I mean, oxygen is that wonderful. Is nature. Wow. Never stop breathing. Yeah. LOL. Do you still, like, go into the city to hang out, or do you kind of hang out right where you live? You know, um, we moved to this big house in City Island in the Bronx the end of 2019, and mm. I miss my bed crew. I miss my Brooklyn community. Mm. I miss seeing Caribbean folks, all types of black and brown folks, interracial couples. Even the dogs had fun names. Like, I just miss it. You know, I miss beautiful people, good food, overpriced cocktails, and mixed prints. Just fly. I miss fly (laughs) shit. You know, the suburbs in New York City, especially the Bronx, like, it's still diverse as fuck, but it's like, keep your head down, mind your business, and do your thing. And so, you know, it's still taking me a while to get adjusted here, but... um, It's sort of like, not to quote Angelina Jolie, here I go. You could have it all, but not at the same time. So I feel like while I'm really thankful for the nature and um, to be peaceful and just mindful because you're really sharing space all the time with people, which is great if you're single. But when you're taking care of so many other people, it's like we all need a corner to think in without hearing people arguing drunk or horns and shit like that, right? Mm -hmm. Or fights or whatever. But it really has to be the best of both worlds. Like, we have to go into the city and see some flash shit and see some people argue and teach these kids how to ride a subway and walk on a New York City sidewalk because that's the best education you'll never get in school. Because once Mm -hmm. you, like, grow up, especially in New York City, 
and you have the best of both worlds, you can appreciate so much stuff and travel anywhere in the world. And that's what I want to set my kids up for. I mean, mm. sure, take the SATs, do all that stuff that everybody, blah, blah, blah. But like <laughs> take the, the real, edu- <laughs> take all the tests you're supposed to take. It's like the stuff we make important. I'm just like, okay, sure. But also like when you graduate, who are you going to be in the world and how are you going to carry yourself? How are you going to take care of yourself when I'm not here anymore? I want to give them all the things that I never had. I want to be the example I never had. I want to be the change I want to see. Oh my God. Am I going to throw it? Yes. (laughs) I'm like, ooh. (laughs) She on her influencer shit. Give us the quotes. (laughs) Oh no, she's been on Etsy again. (laughs) I want to live, laugh, love. (laughs) She's ready for a new mom. Uh Uh-oh. You know, I I do think there's something about the, the freedom and seeing people like you empower your kids to have that freedom to say, like, I'm going to teach you how to walk on a sidewalk, but I'm also going to be around <laughs> and take care yeah. of you. Like, it's hard to to balance it all, and you're doing it. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you. I'm trying to. But, you know, even when you balance, let's say you're doing a hard yoga pose, and the teacher will tell you, if you're shaking and you fall, that's part of it. That's what it feels like. Mm. It doesn't feel like yeah. you are just doing a tree pose. It feels like you're always working for it, and you are so used to, you know, rocking back and forth and trying to get your balance that you're just like, oh, that's just how I live now. And it isn't until you sit down, you're like, why do my bones hurt? But (laughs) it's not just the hustle. It really is the pandemic that Mm -hmm. I have to constantly remind myself, like, you're doing a lot and and still trying to keep people safe. And it's like bananas. And I feel like you're juggling so much. I mean, I... When you say all the things like, we heard your bio, Grace gave your bio, like it's like <laughs> you're juggling a lot. Like, I do want to know, like, how do you find time for yourself? Like, where are the times? Okay, well, let's talk, let's talk girls trips, you know, because we've been on a couple and I'm guessing yeah, you've been, a, yeah, and you've been a little busy and haven't been able to have them lately. So beyond the rosé, and I do love a glass of rosé, what are the mm-hmm. things that you're doing just in the little mini nuggets of the day? If it's not a whole week and it's not a whole trip that you like to do for yourself that is just yours? Right. So um, I carve out time for myself. And um, also, I have a great partner. So Saturday night, I flew my mom in from Florida to help me with laundry. Real fucking talk. Because I don't want a bunch of people I don't know <laughs> in my house. Got I the nanny that. for the kids. Set I them up that. with like the old lady gang. Husband went to a birthday party, got drunk with his friends, stayed um, at our apartment in Soho. I went out, got a mani-pedi, the extra 20-minute massage on my feet. Yes, please, bitch. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Went to go see my friends play, Allison Levy. It's a show about abortion. That's the name of the show. It's a beautiful show. It hit different. Mm, And then met a friend for drinks. So it's just like, if you have a partner who's just like, go do you, and like, oh, go do you too. Like, that's also great too. Because we don't have to do everything together. We need to come yeah. back with a story, you know? Yes, come back and share yes. something. I yeah, already know so what important. you did today. <laughs> <laughs> and the young dads, too, I feel like need to go off, blow some steam. Because you're trying to hold it together all the time. So it's just mm-hmm. nice to even go out mm-hmm. with, like, even a dog dad or what, like, just some other dude that knows how to take care of someone other than themselves to be like, that shit's hard, right? Like... 
One time I invited a bunch of couple friends out because I knew they needed it and nobody wanted to do it for themselves. And I'm like, I'm just getting us a room in the back of a thing and we're just going to have some sake and some bullshit and just the first 20 minutes, nice. mandatory, you got to talk shit about your kids. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's a rule. Requirement. You will be asked to leave if you don't. <laughs> well, I feel like that's real. Yes. I feel like, you know, having a child is so hard. And I think that it must be even harder, like, if you're pretending like it's not hard. Because I feel like yeah. I talk to some moms and they're just like, no, like, like Aiden is an angel. Right. and um, They're dead inside. We, they're going to break. We have <laughs> so much fun together. It's the best thing I've ever done. It's the no, best thing I've ever friends. done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When people are like, this is the best friends. time, I'm like, they don't know how to say sentences or wipe their own ass. But this is the best time. <laughs> Time. Go on. Go on. Tell me more. Tell me more of your lies. And I worked really hard to have these kids, and I'm still just like, this mm-hmm. is hard as fuck. So yeah. if you don't want to have kids, if you're on the yeah. fence, don't. You're fine. <laughs> oh, you might be talking to me. Thank you. <laughs> nobody should shame, like, nobody should shame anyone into anything they don't want to have or that they do want to have. You know, people mm-hmm. who want to shame you are people who are fucking yeah. insecure with their decisions and not happy and they, they want the whole misery loves company bullshit. Yeah. Guess yeah. what? Misery will age a bitch mm-hmm. and also stress me and stress will kill me. And guess what I don't want to do right now? Die and look old, bitch. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I got a TV show coming out with sex I know. Stuff. I got to look. I can't die And let now. me tell you, y'all, it is going to be so good. I mean... <laughs> I can't oh, wait. Good. And I know you tell me too, which I love. Yes, you know I would. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm not, you know what happened? It's like when I was young, I used to pretend to be so perfect and I would pretend everything in my life was perfect. And, you know, I always like I used to eat chicken nuggets with a knife and fork and shit. And so one day what? I just like, you know what? I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop yeah. lying just all together. And so sometimes when you turn the spigot on, it's hard to turn it off. Like oh, sometimes yeah. I'm a little too honest and I'm just like, oh, snap. I shouldn't have said that thing. But <laughs> so, uh, Michelle, do you have a piece of art, you know, a book, a play, fine art that's had a, a real impact on your life? Um, Because I know that you went from like Mm. doing news to being a stand up, you know, that's that's um, a transition. Was there something that uh, triggered that or was it something that you kind of like secretly always wanted to do? Um, I think I I not so secretly wanted to get into some type of performing because I would always be that kid at a wedding you know, dancing with all the adults and I'm just like hyping people like, come on, come on. Like as if I'm at like a basketball, like college basketball game. And so I'm like, what is this need to get everybody up? Get everybody up. <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to be like an aerobics instructor? I'm like, let's go. And everyone's like the only child. And I was like, sure am. Time for the percolator. And, um, I don't know. I, um, I mean, my mom loved old movies, so it was a lot of, like, Mm. tap dancing and singing and romance and stuff. But, you know, and then I just remember loving 
Sinbad so much. I'm just like, what oh is God, this light-skinned joy? Because <laughs> I never saw a woman that looked like me. The closest thing was Sinbad. I was just like, <laughs> he just out here yellow and sweaty as fuck. I was like, that's me. <laughs> I also He's love my... Sinbad. <laughs> I love Sinbad. I watch that show. Plus, like, oh I love goodness. that his name is Sinbad. My mom is so Catholic, but she loves Sinbad. And I was like, all of this is wild. Um, <laughs> and it goes back to that thing of, like, me trying to hype people up at a wedding where I'm just like, yeah. I still want to be a host and take care of you and take care of me. We're all having fun. Look at this. Well, thinking even just a little bit about, like, how so many people of color especially are having to meet the needs of others. I remember that there was an interview you did with Pace Magazine where you said, I love telling people what I need without apologizing. It really is a superpower. And I agree, but I want to hear, I want to hear about that, how you came to that and how it is your superpower. Um, oh God, that is just like life, right? Um, just getting older and being in bigger, more important meetings. Um, People need to take you seriously. I'm not going to lie. It's also been interesting having a white husband because I'm like, okay, I'm going to put that on for a day. Yeah. (laughs) And that's great. (laughs) And um, also realizing that I've tried it the other way. I've tried to be nice and mousy in the way I was like the way I was raised yeah. But that doesn't work. That doesn't get shit done. And, and you know, I always say to my friends that I feel like I'm that chef at the end of Chopped, where I'm like, <laughs> just running around trying to get stuff on a plate. And I'm like, oh, what if I just told the three other people in the room what I need? Yeah. And that's how you save yourself. And people aren't mad at you you fucking people pleaser, they won't be mad at you. They'll respect you and be like, okay, cool. I'm glad you told me. Instead of like breaking your spirit down (laughs) and then just being like, fuck it all and having a breakdown and being like, nobody talked to me. (laughs) Like, just tell people what you need and it's okay. You are actually going to be respected and probably make more money. Yeah. If you're empowering other people around you, yeah, yes. people like trust you to be like when you're very clear about your needs, people trust you more to be in charge. And that and that's something I had yes. to learn confidence be- because yes. I was like, um, I yeah, I also used to have the people pleasing thing a lot. Um, this is this is a. Uh, new information I'm giving to Michelle because she has not seen the people-pleasing part of myself. But uh, Not even a little bit. Uh, I think it's a lie. But uh, I definitely <laughs> did that for many, many, many years. And I found that because I was worried about pleasing people so much, people wouldn't trust me to be in charge of sets or people wouldn't trust me to be in charge of running a room. Um, People wouldn't trust me to do it because like, oh, Grace just goes wherever the wind blows. So I think that in a way, taking care of yourself shows uh, the elements of leadership. Yes. And people will see you as a threat and Mm. let them. Yes. That's okay. You know, my mom says the grass is always greener when you're standing and shit. You don't know. And that's fine. And that's fine, too. 
that's the thing. It's like once you figure out your power and can stand in the light, people aren't comfortable with that either. Mm-hmm. But always go where you're celebrated, not tolerated, unless you like that shit. I don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I feel so much better now that we've talked to you, Michelle. Oh, that's so nice. Me, too. I'm not drinking <laughs> during the week, wonderful. so I would toast, but oh, well. Amy is right. Like, sh- the shit still sucks, but it sucks a little less because we've talked to you. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that. You guys are so great. Uh, thank you. Do you have anything coming up you want to tell us about? I mean, we know about the show, but we'd love to hear you plug it. And if there's anything that you sure. love, not something that you created, you can also plug that too. Oh my goodness. Um, I, there's so many to-do lists uh, from uh, to watch. I mean, like, look, I love me some 90 Day Fiance. I'm just okay. saying, you want to talk about being <laughs> citizens of the world? I'm talking about being hoes of the world. Talking about international hoes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You can't afford that romance, bitch. You got to go somewhere the so the government can figure out how sad you is at three months. You are living in his mama's basement. He said it was his roommate. No, just because he's got his own entrance don't mean he's not living with his mama. And he's got three lizards that eat better than you, bitch. Go the fuck home. I know it's not great in Serbia, but you can get better. Marry your fourth cousin. That's okay. Everyone's done it before. Nobody give a fuck. You know what I mean? I feel like these bitches come over here settling and they're just like, but, but it's Ohio. Yeah, that's why you gotta go back. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go, go back. back. That. It ain't worth it. It ain't you worth it. You gotta fucking go back. 90 day. Mm-hmm. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Oof. Love it so much. It's also nice to see couples that are more fucked up than you. And um, yeah. I have a show coming out on Netflix called um, Barbecue Showdown. Um, Ooh. It's the second season, but I didn't host the first season. It's gonna be dope. Mm. Where can people find you on the internet? Real quick before you peace. Oh, everywhere except Facebook. Fuck Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Same. What's your handle? <laughs> oh, okay. Michelle Buteau, B U T E A U. Okay. It's like beautiful, bitch. Get into it. Yeah. Get into it. We're into you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> okay, to close us out, we're doing our creative tabin, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? I sure am. Okay, here I go. Don't wait for inspiration. It comes while working. That is by Henry Matisse. Again, one more time. Don't wait for inspiration. It comes while working. Henry Matisse. That's Henri. Henri Matisse. He is French. So it is a French name, and you need to pronounce it Frenchly. <laughs> Henri Matisse. Henri. Um, merci, Monsieur Matisse. J'adore cette quotation. I don't know how to say oh, it. Oh, now French. she's oh, showing no, up. I fucked up. <laughs> merci, Monsieur Matisse. Um, uh, Amy is fluent in French. Uh, yeah, clearly not. I couldn't think of the word quotation. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, doing all right. But I agree. I, I agree with this quote. Um, it's like when people talk about as, you know, for us as writers, lots of times people talk about like being inspired to write something or like, mm-hmm. oh, like when when you get in the flow and all those things. And I'm like, those are wonderful things. But when you want this artistic thing to be your job, you also just have to figure out how to work 
through the hard spots. And Mm -hmm. by working, the flow arrives. It makes me think of that book, Big Magic, that we both Mm -hmm. love, where she talks about, like, doing other artistic pursuits to awaken um, your creativity in the area that you want it to. But it's when it's literally like finding a relationship when you're not looking is when it finally arrives. But that kind of is what inspiration is. It's when you're just going through the motions of your creativity through your art that it arrives. Uh, what it made me think is um, it reminded me like in my 20s, um, I did not take this lesson. So there was a time when I moved to New York when I was 23. I was running away from rejection. And so what I did was not pursuing anything. I wouldn't go to auditions. I wouldn't write anything. I wouldn't do anything because I was too scared of the rejection. Um, And I was too scared to create something that might be bad. Mm -hmm. So what I did was not work. Um, And guess what, guys? That doesn't Mm -hmm. make you any better at anything that you're doing. So what I learned was, you know, when I am tempted to procrastinate, which is always, when I am facing that blank page, which is a lot, I remember that even if if something isn't coming or I feel a little blocked or I don't want to do it right now because I'm tired or whatever excuse I give myself for the reason I'm not working, I have to remember that a lot of times you will start And the inspiration will come then because you are in the flow of whatever you're doing. Also, it just reminds me of being a TV writer. Like, we have very intense deadlines. Like, we make anywhere between 8 and 24 episodes of television in any given season. Mm. So you can't just be like, you know what? I'm just not going to write my script until inspiration strikes me. No, like the shit has to go to the network on this day. The revisions are due on this day. You know, it's got to be shot on this day. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, you can't just sit there and wait for inspiration to strike. You kind of just have to get it done. And Mm -hmm. I would say nine times out of 10, as you do it more and more and more, then the thing that you were reaching for will come. But you can't figure that out until you do it. I feel like I learned so much in film school, but the real lesson was when I got my first internship. I learned that I didn't want to work in late night because I had a a late night internship. Mm. And if I had not done that, then I wouldn't have learned that, you know? So even the act of starting and the act of doing the work will at least, at the very least, will make you figure out whether it's something that you truly want to do or not. I agree with that. And you can also start small, you know, because sometimes it can be really daunting, like, oh, I got to do the work, so I want to be a big-budget studio filmmaker, so I guess I just have to go broke, like, writing all these things that have explosions in them and then Mm -hmm. figure out how to shoot them. And it's like, no, you can start in a small way. What's the smaller, tangible thing that it might be less scary for you? Um, Mm -hmm. But I also love what you said about sometimes you only figure out what you don't want to do by trying it. You know, Um, I I had the same experience uh, when I was starting, like I was working in development. I was like, I don't want to tell writers notes. I want to write the thing. And I was like, oh, (laughs) so, um, yeah, I really I really like that. It's a really nice reminder that sometimes you got to You got to just try it. How else are you going to know? How else are you going to know? 
Thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? Yes, I feel so good, girl. We should do this again sometime. All right, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracie Act. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe and rate us five stars at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And tell people what you need. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes Marcel Malakibu and associate producer Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Derek Ramirez. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM Studio executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Ooh, ooh.